from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Coming back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, here where sports truly meets that thing called life inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. And, of course, you're here with us on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And for those of you during this pandemic and in general – know what it's like to work from home, you get to hear that with Jason and with Ross. So <laughs> the, uh, the, the life of working at home and having, having the children. So with that being said, inside of monpazpopcorn.com is what's popping. Ross is now joining us from Northeastern Pennsylvania. And I feel very honored and privileged as always to have one of my best friends and uh, somebody who is in the beautiful world of sports casting and writing here on the show. So with that being said, I bring him into the broadcast. As you can hear, my uh, my niece and nephew in the background. Ross, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. We were having our dance party, and LJ, who's almost 16 months old, is just running amok up here and going crazy. And he's playing with all the remote controls. He steals them. He hides them. This is just life with uh, two young kiddos. But it's it's good. It's all excited and moments that i cherish because you, you never get them again when they're this little but uh yeah we do our dance party we were we have like five alexas that they, they talk to each other it's like uh what is it skynet from the terminator movies they're gonna take over the world and they're gonna attack us one day because the machines are taking over in this house they're they get confused and then they try to play a song on one and compete with the other and we just will listen to a classic oldie but a goodie song billy oceans get out of my dreams Get into my car for our morning <laughs> dance party. Very good stuff for a Taco Tuesday. And I would like to also wish you, may the 4th be with you for all us geeks out there. So uh, that's exciting. And then tomorrow's a fun day because it's Cinco de Mayo. You can have a fun time for that too. So lots of fun stuff. And, oh, by the way, for any procrastinators out there, we were wrapping them and making uh, our kid versions of these, making uh, homemade cards for uh, for Mommy for Big Sunday. But uh, we got Mother's Day, and we call it Mommy's Day. So, so make sure you do not procrastinate and you take care of the important women in your life for this Sunday. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, uh, yeah, make sure that you, I already gave my mom a early Mother's Day gift by taking her to uh, one of the restaurants down in, down in uh, Disney to the California Grill which is on the roof of the Contemporary, and and we got to uh, watch the sunset and and obviously have some great food and overlook Magic Kingdom. Yes, I do have a Chick Fil A shake in the morning in the studio. No, I don't feel bad about it. So you don't have to. You gotta love yourself. I got it at the new Chick Fil A Clay. So Chick Fil A Clay, baby. We got two Chick Fil A's. I wanted one for like the last thirteen years, and I ended up with two. Thanks to the incredible and amazing uh, work and just human being that is Jim Sikowski and and the entire team that he has put together uh, between the two places. So thank you to the Chick-fil-A family. Thank you to Jim Sikowski. And please continue to keep Jimmer in your prayers and his loved ones in your prayers as well as Jimmer fights and hopefully 
will live to see a cure and be a part of having the cure for ALS. So absolutely, you know, it's it's got to uh, you definitely got to uh, you know cheer him on during his big fight, and uh, we wish him the very best. But I know with me and our family, we can't get enough of Chick Fil A. We're obsessed with the nuggets. We love the mac and cheese, the waffle fries, the big chocolate chip cookies. Uh, that's become a staple in our house. We just wish they were open on Sunday so we could eat them <laughs> seven days a week. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, you're a great business when you can close on a Sunday. And you're still making, you know, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. But that, again, when you chase your dreams and you chase what you care about, the money chases you. And Chick-fil-A does things differently. And so, you know, the, the money chases behind that. Hobby Lobby closed on Sundays. You know, there's places that, that honor that. And uh, I respect that and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Ross, for Ross, it's Saturday. For me, it's Sunday. But it still has the same value and same meaning. So, you know, keeping, keeping holy the Sabbath and, uh, and having that connection. So, you know, uh, Ross, I mean, it, it means a lot for me to always have you here on the show. I know there's a lot of things to talk about. I know there's a lot of things to get into, but your Jets uh, did exactly what I thought they would do. And with... <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. So they did, they did what I thought they would do. And, and they drafted Zach Wilson, a quarterback out of BYU. They traded up after that, and uh, we're supposed to have the 23rd pick in the draft in the first round. They're supposed to have the second and the 23rd. They moved out of that 23rd region and uh, ended up finding themselves something that, I mean, I if things had happened naturally the way that they were set up in the draft, I would have had them picking Travis Etienne. Now, Travis Etienne, because they moved up to 14th, they went for Elijah Vera Tucker, who I thought was going to go to the Colts. And they decided to protect their precious cargo of Zach Wilson. So what are your thoughts on the Jets drafting Zach Wilson and your thoughts about them trading up nine picks to get Elijah Vera Tucker instead of staying at 23, where I think they could have gotten Travis Etienne? I think it's still a good move. You know, as long as he pans out, they did the same thing last year uh, when they were trying to protect Sam Darnold, and he was their golden gem. That's why part of me still doesn't want to buy into Zach Wilson for a while because my I'll say this: my heart's a little damaged, it's a little broken because I fell in love with the idea that uh, Sam Darnold was going to be our franchise quarterback for the next two decades. And in the end, he lasted three years. He had some great moments for a few games, some okay moments, got hurt a lot, had mono, had shoulder injuries. And before you know it, you snap your fingers, and he's gone three years later. And he's all the Carolina Panthers. I wish him the greatest. He also proved to us that Casper is real. Yes, I do remember that. I was at that game on your birthday two years ago on Monday Night Football with Brady and the Patriots destroyed the Jets and the uh, the big pass rush of Bill Belichick's defense were coming at him fast and furious. By the way, check out the new movie, June 25th. Uh, maybe they'll give us some free movie tickets to get back in the theaters. But, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, if you're mentioning the movie, though, we need to be presented with free movie tickets. So... I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. Let's get back to the movie theaters, people. So let's do that. But, no, yeah, I remember he said, the ghost, I see ghosts, I see ghosts. So for the rest of his life, Unless he totally turns things around with Carolina, he's going to be remembered for that one line that I see ghosts and that he saw Casper the Friendly Ghost coming at him. Because you know, but hey, you can understand to a degree because he didn't have any offensive line to protect him. 
the Jets have been an abomination of a franchise for decade after decade. It's been 52 years since they won their one and only Super Bowl with Joe Namath. I joke, sold his soul to the devil to win that Super Bowl, Super Bowl three. We're now, will we just have Super Bowl 55? Was Super Bowl three. So <laughs> the Packers won the first two on the Lombardi. They won Super Bowl three, and then they've never made it back since, and they probably never will again. So I was born, I guess, a little too late. Because they, they won the Super Bowl 17 years before I was born. So it's nice that they have won because there's a few franchises that have never made one or never even won one. Uh, but it's still it's so heartbreaking that year after year, you get your hopes up. You think that this is going to be the season. Adam Gase was an abomination of a head coach. He was supposed to be an offensive genius, a guru. Let's well, nothing like team. hiring a guy from the same division who didn't do anything with Miami. And then you thought, and he wasn't even hired in general. He was hired... The first coach, he was the, like, the Jets took three days to, like, go, okay, he's out of Miami, let's grab him. This guy didn't win, and and listen, there is redemption, I believe in that, but, you know, to look at the Jets who weren't winning, and Miami who wasn't winning, and to think, we went up against that coach that really didn't do anything to threaten us, let's hire him so that we cannot be a threat for the next five years. Let's (laughs) team him up with our prize quarterback, Sam Darnold. And let's ruin his career. Let's throw his career in the toilet. Because do I know he's going to be a superstar in the NFL? Maybe he'll be, turn out to be a bust. Maybe. But I think there's a good chance he's not the next Mark Sanchez. He's not the next bust. I think if he gets a legit shot with the Carolina Panthers, who have offensive weapons, they have his former star receiver, Robbie Anderson, from Temple University on Carolina. They have Christian McCaffrey. When he's healthy, he's a little super fast running back, catch the ball in the backfield, running up a storm. If he uses those weapons wisely and they protect him, I, and now they trade away Teddy Bridgewater to Denver. I think Carolina, he has a chance to flourish there. They have a great young coach, Matt Rule. And I think Sam Darnold has a chance to flourish there. And he's going to get a chance to get great revenge against them because he's going to play the Jets this season. And I'm telling you, there's a good chance he's going to light the Jets up and the Jets are going to ruin the day. They gave up on him. But they gave up on him. And the new GM, Joe Douglas, he came in when Sam Darnold was already drafted by the previous regime. So he was not married to Sam Darnold. He was not committed to him. And Sam Darnold, yes, he was not lights out. He was not but give Adam Gase some credit. He won as many games in two years that Bill Belichick wins in nine weeks, which is nine games. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it, you know, Adam Gase, if he ever gets another head coach job, even in the, at least in the NFL, I don't know what you guys are smoking, but it's the good <laughs> stuff. Uh, maybe he could coach a peewee football team, but the thing he's most famous for, he got the Dolphins to the playoffs once in his three years. For the most part, they were garbage. Ryan Tannehill stunk it up at quarterback, and now he goes to Tennessee, and Ryan Tannehill's a stud quarterback. That had nothing to do with Adam Gase. And then you have Adam Gase, who his most well-known thing he's done, he was the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. Let's be honest. Peyton Manning was his own offensive coordinator. <laughs> no one told Peyton Manning what to do. He ran that offense, and all Adam Gase did, he stamped his name on it and said, oh, it's, it's my responsibility. I get all the credit. You know, he didn't deserve any of the credit. He's not an offensive genius. And anyone who hires him thinking he's the next offensive superstar, you're sorely mistaken, and you're going to fail miserably. So I just, I couldn't believe that they had Adam Gase. They, uh, you know, they kept him way too long. And then, of course, your Jacksonville Jaguars got to benefit from it because they won two games late in the year, the Jets. I'm like, why the heck are you winning now when you can at least have Trevor Lawrence as the top pick? They screw that up, the tank job, and then you have your Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence, the Jets 
you know, they give up on, on uh, Sam Darnold. I understand they don't want to pay him the big option years, and they didn't trust if he was the legit guy. And the new head coach, the new GM, they want to hire their own guy. Let's just pray that Zach Wilson is going to be that guy. He has heck of an arm strength, but he did play a lot uh, in college. He played. He had some success at BYU. He has, you know, everyone says he has the arm strength of Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. That may be true, but let's see. He did that on his pro day in shorts with no one chasing him. When that defensive line is coming at you and you're playing under the harsh spotlight in the NFL, the biggest media capital world in New York City, let's see if he can still do that. I'm hoping he can. But I don't want to bear, I don't want to commit to Zach Wilson because let's be honest, anyone who's had tough relationships in the past and breakups, I've been hurt before. I was hurt again. I mean, again, as a Jets fan, I don't want to uh, commit to him until I know for sure he's our guy for the next ten plus years. I hope he is. He's young. He has the look. He looks like he should be in a boy band. He looks like he's young Justin Bieber. And his family was there. Beautiful young family. I hope for the best. I like that they at least are protecting him. They have. Where they had Makai Becton from Louisville, big offensive lineman. They got last few successes last year. You have the offensive lineman from USC. So you have some guys you like to see that are going to be there to protect him, which is key. And then I like they got in the second round, they got Elijah Moore from Mississippi, a nice, fast, uh, fast paced wide receiver. They got Denzel Bibbs the year before from Baylor. He's a, he was a pretty good receiver. So they have some pieces. I still think they need more weapons. I still don't think they need a decent running back because the Levia Bell experiment didn't work and they, they got rid of him for nothing. So the Jets, they have some hope. I like their young head coach, who was a great defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. I think he has the spirit to turn this around. But as a Jet fan, I hold out some hope, but I have my doubts. I'm skeptical and I've been hurt before. I'm delusional because I can, I can go on that Zach Wilson trade in a moment. If he has a big game in preseason or first game throws a touchdown pass, I'm going to say I'm the biggest Zach Wilson fan in the world. But I've also tried to temper my expectations because I've been hurt before. I was so excited for Darnold. Now I just hope Zach Wilson pans out. I, like I said, I at least like that they've they've filled him, uh, they've filled the team around him with offensive line to protect him, some nice wide receiver weapons. Uh, the defense will probably be strong, especially with the, the former defense coordinator of the Niners being their head coach. But I still have my doubts because the Jets are a losing franchise, a losing culture. Until they turn that around, that's yet to be seen, even with this exciting young coach and this new quarterback. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm excited. There's hope with their new quarterback. But I also don't know if he's the franchise quarterback because, let's be honest, they haven't had a legit franchise quarterback since Joe Namath was roaming the halls of the Jets uh, football stadium. And that was almost 50 years ago. Roaming the halls looking for Susie Culber. (laughs) I didn't know if you remember that. I do remember when he had to check himself into uh, rehab like the next day where he was wearing a very crazy fur jacket. And he would say, I want to kiss you and all that. He sounded like Bill Clinton from back in the day. But, yes, I do remember when he hit on uh, sports journalist Susan Colbert. And the very next day, not surprisingly, he had to check himself in the rehab. But supposedly Joe, Joe Davis is, is back and better than ever. He's healthy again. He's in his 70s. And yeah. Yeah, he's the main guy that we look to as Jets <laughs> He's a hall, And that's a little sad because he has a little bit of a checkered past. But he's a Hall of Famer, led them to their only Super Bowl, guaranteed victory, beat Johnny Unitas in the Colts Super Bowl three. But like I said at the beginning of the show, that was 52 years ago. I was, I still wasn't alive for another 17 years when they won that Super Bowl. I'm now going to be 35 years old in a few months. It's been a while. Let's see if they can turn this around. Let's see if Zach Wilson is the next Joe Namath, at least in terms of winning a championship. 
Uh, for now, I'll settle for a six and ten season. Or well, I shouldn't even say six and ten. They're gonna play seventeen games this year. So I'll settle for a six and eleven season compared to the garbage. <laughs> I see season. your losses and I raise your one. <laughs> yeah. Six and ten was okay. Now remember, there's a seventeenth game. We'll see what happens. So I think they're gonna play the Eagles in their extra game. So Philly's yeah. a team that's interesting because we don't know what they're gonna do. They dumped Carson Wentz who struggled. They have Jalen Hurts, who showed some positive sides this rookie season. They have a new coach. And then they got Devontae Smith, the rated uh, Heisman Trophy winner, at wide receiver. They keep drafting wide receivers, just like the Jets draft quarterbacks that fail. Let's see if he works. The, uh, the main concern I know with Devontae Smith is they're concerned about his his height and his size. And his, he's a very scrawny wide receiver. They're looking for bigger wide receivers nowadays. So we'll see if he works. But So that will be their extra game, Jets and Eagles. And it might be Alien vs. Predator at their tagline back in the day. Whoever wins, we lose. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I hope. I have my fingers crossed. But I'm not going to be I, – I'm telling myself, at least for now, I know it's only May. We have four months till the season starts. I will not drink the Kool-Aid yet. I will temper my expectations. I keep telling myself that, even though I know my body <laughs> and my mind and soul wants to fall in love with our new quarterback. But I don't want to fully go there yet because I've hurt. I've been hurt before. And I don't want to get hurt again. But being a fan, being a fan is short for fanatic and uh, a little bit crazy at times. And uh, the first, you know, rule of insanity basically is, uh, you know, you, you expect a different outcome. We're doing the same thing. So probably uh, my definition of insanity, I probably will fall into that. But uh, I don't know. I love my Jets. I, I have hope. And I'm sorry for you, buddy, between your Cowboys getting that stud linebacker from Penn State. Yeah. Uh, I love my Penn State Alliance. And then uh, the Jaguars with Urban Meyer. Let's see if they can, uh, if they can work this so with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Sunshine, Ronnie Bass from all you uh, uh, Remember the Titan fans with Denzel Washington. And the talk of possibly Tim Tebow, who lives like right next door to Urban Meyer's former college coach. Yeah. for the Florida Gators, might try out and be a tight end at 34 years old. Didn't want to do it earlier. It was stubborn. Wanted to only be quarterback. Quit football. Then played minor league baseball for your Syracuse Mets. Now he's done with baseball. Now he might play in the NFL <laughs> as a tight end for the Jaguars in his mid-30s. Let's see. It can only happen in Jacksonville, where he lives in Jacksonville, and his former college coach is now the head coach at Jacksonville. And uh, it, it could be a fun time for you covering the Jaguars between Urban Meyer Trevor Lawrence and possibly Tim Tebow. It's going to be fun times in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely going to be crazy. You know, fun times at Florida High, so to speak. And it's uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if it'll happen. Uh, I I said it, you know, and, and as soon as Tim Tebow retired from baseball, I was like, well, he's gonna he's gonna at least entertain it. So you know, that's that's something that wouldn't surprise me at all by any stretch of the imagination. Here with Ross Tretzky, a sportscaster and writer out of Northeast PA that uh, talks about things worldwide and is here with us today to talk about his Jets as well as uh, the NFL draft and some other pieces. Uh, Ross, looking back at the draft, in round number one, we talked about Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, second overall. You know, the crazy thing about this is, I mean, it happened in Arizona, it's happened in other places, but... To make a first-round pick at quarterback with Sam Darnold, and then in and then after he plays just three seasons in the NFL and is still within his rookie contract, didn't even have a new contract as a vet, was shipped away for another first-round pick. Very interesting. Zach Wilson coming in here, 
Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round, 14th overall, as the Jets traded up. The guy that I thought would go to the other team that plays in this area, it's funny. I thought he would be playing at MetLife, but I thought he'd be playing for the Giants. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, second round, 34th overall. Uh, Michael Carter, fourth round, 107th overall uh, out of out of uh, North Carolina, running back I covered there. Jamie and Sherwood, safety out of Auburn. In the fifth round, 146 overall. Michael Carter, the second, safety out of Duke. Fifth round, 154. Uh, Jason Pinnock out of Pitt. A lot of guys I covered. Uh, basically, they drafted a, a hefty amount of the ACC. Uh, Jason, a corner out of Pitt. Fifth round, 175. Uh, Hamsa, Nazar uh, out of uh, FSU. Uh, safety, sixth round, 186. A lot of, lot of DBs here, safeties and corner. They... They went, I mean, outside of, of getting Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter, you look at the offense, it was safety, safety, corner, safety, corner, and from there until the D-line. Uh, Brandon Eccles out of Kentucky, corner, six-round, 200th pick, and seven picks later, Jonathan Marshall, defensive lineman out of Arkansas, six-round, 207th. What do you think about the draft overall for the Jets, number one? And number two, how confused are you by the fact that the Jets drafted Michael Carter and Michael Carter. Uh, it's, it's very <laughs> tricky sometimes. With the Jets, I didn't know if they had picked the right guy or if they picked uh, was the four Syracuse player. Was it Michael Carter-Williams? I thought maybe they made a mistake. Well, maybe the Jets were – maybe they meant to draft Michael Carter the second, and they were like, oh, crap, we didn't get him, but he's still there, but we got Michael Carter, so we'll get Michael Carter and Michael Carter. So close, close enough. They're like, good enough. With the Jets, well, I they're going to have to wear an entire jersey. You know how – you got to like, you, you, you can't put, like if one guy was like, uh, if one guy was, uh, was, was Mackenzie Carter, it would be like M-Y and then Michael Carter would be M-I Carter. Well, this one literally has to say Michael Carter and Michael Carter too. So it's like the second coming of Michael Carter. It's like, it's like the begin it's like the first movie in the sequel on the field. Which is which is very very, or they could just save money. One's on offense, one's on defense. Just make a Michael Carter jersey, have them wear the same number, and flip it when they're on defense. I mean, I think it work right now with the Jets because <laughs> whatever's going to change up their uh, misfortunes over these uh, decades and decades of losing, I'll take it. It's been ten years since we've had a winning season. Ten years since we made the playoffs. I miss those Rex Ryan days that everyone complained about. There was a lot of controversy, a lot of cockiness and braggadocious claims. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is the greatest team ever. There was those weird stories about his his foot fetishes. But at this point, I'll take the Rex Ryan years, even though Mark Sanchez was only a mediocre, mediocre quarterback at a USC, because they made back-to-back AFC Championship games in 2009 2010 for losing a Peyton Man of the Colts and Big Ben of the Steelers. But since then, we've seen a decade of garbage, and we've seen... Lots of failed quarterbacks. We've seen Geno Smith. Uh, we had uh, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, the second-round pick, who I think got to be a towel boy for a few minutes. I don't know what he did. He's been playing in some minor league football leagues. Uh, you had a, Ryan Fitzpatrick had one really good year. The one actual – actually, I, I'm mistaken. The one year they actually had a winning year was about six years ago, in 2015, and they screwed that up. Uh, under Ted Bowles, uh, Todd Bowles, the first season as his, the head coach of the Jets – they went 10-6. They still missed the playoffs because the last week of the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was having a great season with his glorious uh, beard, uh, the ginger man, faced his former team, the Buffalo Bills, when Rex Ryan was the coach of the Bills, and he threw like four interceptions, and they lose that last game of the season. And my wife, Steelers, she still is bragging about that game. The Steelers stuck in the playoffs instead of the Jets. So even when the Jets have a winning season, like they did in 2015, 
they found a way to screw that up and not make the playoffs and, and finish tied at six. And since then, they've had losing season after losing season. Todd Bowles is long gone, and now he's winning championships as a defensive coordinator for Tom Brady's Buccaneers. So he's, you know, he's working on his resume where he'll be a head coach before long and probably tormented by Jets. So you never know. You you, you, hope, you have hope in the AFC East because Bill Belichick has, doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. You know, I like to think of Tom Brady as the messiah of football, that he's this greatest thing ever and you can't stop him and you're going to play forever and ever. And uh, Bill Belichick doesn't have him. He had some losing this year, 7-9, Cam Newton struggled. They brought back Cam Newton. I'm actually interested in your take on that. Do you think uh, you know the Patriots, they love to draft his best buddies, former colleagues with Nick Saban, the great head coach of Alabama. He got uh, the, he got the quarterback from Alabama who, who slipped in the draft. People yeah. thought the fourth. I called it. I called that. I called that exact pick, 15th Patriots, Mac Jones. I called it. I said, he's going to fall, and if he falls to the Patriots, watch out. He seems like the perfect guy the Patriots would get. Uh, you know, a guy who knows his stuff, smart, uh, a Nick Saban, Bill Belichick mindset, very proper, not, not being too cocky or bragging all the time, because that's not a Belichick style. <laughs> so my thing would be, what do you think of that pick? And do you think that will get the Patriots back to Providence in the AFC East? Because we talked about it, I think, a few uh, a couple of months ago. They got on that big-time splurge, the free agency splurge of signing all these guys. The Patriots have spent a lot of money on offensive weapons. But the question is that quarterback, because yeah, you're stuck with Cam Newton, but only for another year. <laughs> Cam Newton at any point could get benched, and he struggled last year. He ran the ball well. He didn't throw the ball well. He had he could he barely threw, I think he threw what six touchdowns it was pretty bad uh, so he's gonna get a cho- uh, chance Mac Jones but then you you question Alabama because none of the Alabama quarterbacks in recent years just like the USC quarterbacks have had lots of struggles where in the in college no one t- hits them they have great pass protection and Alabama and Dick Saban are blowing everyone up so they don't have to ever worry about playing close games usually. In the NFL, to be a different story for uh, for this Alabama quarterback. He's now going to be thrust in the AFC East, and the Patriots, they're going to expect a lot out of him. And I think before the year's out, he's going to get a chance to play. So I'm curious what you think about the move with the Patriots. And in the AFC East as a whole, right now you have to say the Buffalo Bills are the favorite team to repeat as the, the division champs. Josh Allen has really stepped it up. You expect him to keep elevating his play. The Bills look like they're the creep of the crop in the AFC East which is hard to believe, but it looks like they're going to probably win that division again. Miami's solid. They almost made, they made the playoffs last year. They have a great young coach, but yet there's questions about, too, is he the legit quarterback? Will they need to replace him at some point? And they actually drafted uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner of Alabama. They drafted his teammate first. I was surprised they went with the wide receiver that Jaylen was not Waddle. Devontae yeah. Smith. They went with him rather than Devontae Smith. I guess the slender frame of Devontae Smith, they called into question. They drafted his teammate instead. So Miami has questions at quarterback. The Jets have questions with their young quarterback. The Patriots will have a young quarterback play real soon. Belichick's expect to win. He's going to be 69 years old. I don't think he wants to rebuild the situation. He spent all this money in free agency. He's got his puppy who helps him make draft picks on draft day, as we saw last year in the virtual draft. Uh, Buffalo seems like the only team that's fully complete there in uh, in the AFCs. What does the AFCs look like to you? He lets he lets that 
that dog make picks because that he puts a camera on that dog and has that dog go to all the camps is what I believe. But I still thought Bill Belichick was that dog. I thought he was like from True Blood fame from years ago. I thought he was like a shapeshifter or something that he turns into a dog when he doesn't want people to bother him and he just barks at them. And then he comes back to Bill Belichick in the hoodie when no one could uh, bother him doing the game. I can tell you that if constipation ever had a human embodiment, it would be Bill Belichick. He looks like what constipation would look like as a human being. But he also wins. And he's good at it. And I respect it very much so. So uh, my thoughts on the AFC East. Well, who would have thunk that Josh Allen was the, you know, returning quarterback of the entire division that had the most experience with their team? You know, Cam Newton's had one year. Mac Jones has had no years. Tua's had one year-ish because he was splitting time with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he doesn't have that security blanket because at right. times when he'd struggle, they just go to Fitzpatrick. He doesn't right. have it. Right. And Zach Wilson had no years. So, you know, the, the man with the longest tenure in the AFC East is Josh Allen. So, you know, I, I think, in my opinion, uh, Buffalo, to me, I still have Buffalo winning the division. I think the Patriots will take second. And I think... Miami will fight with the Jets for third. I think someone's going to win seven games. Someone's going to win six. And I think that's really how it's going to shake out. I think the Patriots, as I said before, hell hath no fury like a Belichick scorned. And, you know, I, I play I play the Imperial March whenever I talk about Belichick, which is so fitting on May the 4th. And, <clears throat> and may the 4th be with everybody. So, and may the 4th be with you. So, you know, there's 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 something to be said about hell hath no fury like a Belichick scorned. And but he has that crazy he is. He has to prove he could win without Brady. Right. He had some success in 08 when Brady blew out his knee, the only major injury Brady has had that first game of the season in 2008. And they won, and they did make the playoffs somehow at 11-5 when Matt Castle took over. And they did okay when he was suspended those four games Brady for the plate gate back in 2016. But... For most of his successful years, for those two decades, Brady was the right-hand man at quarterback, and they were winning games. Before Brady, I know that's most of his co- head coach career was Brady as his quarterback. He struggled with Drew Bledsoe his first year in 2000 with the Patriots quarterback. The first couple of games in 01 before Brady took over when the Bledsoe injury happened were by Jets' Bo Lewis changed the course of history when he injured uh, Bledsoe. Brady took over and never relinquished the start job. And then in Cleveland, he was okay, made the playoffs once, but he struggled as Cleveland's head coach many years ago. He's, his success has mostly come with Tom Brady. And at this point, Brady, no matter what he does from here on out, has proven he doesn't need Bill Belichick to win or win a Super Bowl. He did that in Tampa Bay the very first year. It was bumpy at times. He won a championship without Belichick. He has nothing left to prove. Where Belichick in my mind, whether he needs to or not, he's maybe the greatest coach of all time. Uh, you know, Lombardi, Parcells, Belichick are all in there, Don Shula. But he, in my mind, his ego is going to be tough for him to ever get over that. He can't win a championship without Brady. And he needs to do that. Because unless he does that, I think Brady wins that argument. Who was more important to those championship years with the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I think Brady already proved it. But, you know, now you pissed off Bill Belichick. And if you wonder why you can't tell he's pissed off it's because his face doesn't change so you know looking looking at this the reality of it all will he do well i don't know if he will do well well i mean and that's the thing i mean you got you got a guy that's a half a year in into a you got rookie in zach wilson you got a rookie in mac jones i don't i think cam newton's going to be in there maybe in the beginning 
I think he'll be in there as a decoy. I think he'll be in there in some formations and unique things that Bill Belichick will do just to harass people and and become, you know, just to kind of, you know, make you have to deal with them. But I don't think that Cam Newton's going to be the dominant starter uh, by the end of the season. I look at what they brought in. You know, Nelson Aguilar is a forgotten man that went into Philly and never fit. But they brought in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Two number one tight ends. If they stay healthy, extremely dangerous. A pack of one-two punch that is incredible. And since Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski did it, it's been a long time. Defense, Dante Hightower opted out last year. So he's got one last year on his body. Yeah, they, they had the most opt-outs last year. Yeah, they had COVID. eight. They're getting those guys back. Right, so you got you got Kyle Vanoy, you got Dante Hightower, you got Stephon Gilmore, uh, Devin McCourty. Remember, all these guys are on the defense. Uh, really cool thing is uh, one of the defensive ends is named Bill Murray, which I think is fantastic. Like so you got a Ghostbuster on there, which is why they beat Sam Darnold all the time because <laughs> because they that because Bill could see the ghosts and anticipate them before Sam did, but. <laughs> so you know christian barmore uh, getting drafted as a d tackle first d tackle off the board uh, going to the patriots so you know they spent a lot of money in the offseason they did a lot of work in free agency they're bringing back a lot of notable names on defense like i mentioned they got a good kicker in nick folk and on top of all of that you know you're you're bringing in mac jones who i think will be the eventual starter uh, they got Ramondre stevenson in the fourth round, don't be surprised if he starts to shape out. Uh, James White is a check down back. Damian Harris has something in the tank. Sony Michelle is is probably proving Bill Belichick right if he's arguing with Bob Kraft of why they don't draft skill players in the first round at running back or wide receiver because and Keel Harry's been injured and Sony Michelle's been injured and Sony Michelle really only had like one good season ish. So. You know, I, I think I think the tight end is the best place for them. I think the running backs need work. Uh, again, Ramondre Stevenson could uh, emerge out of that. I think, you know, wide receiver-wise, uh, Trey Nixon could be a danger to them in special teams. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, a lot of non-household names, Matt Slater. So, you know, I think maybe they'll lean more on the tight end in moving the ball. So do I think they have a championship team? No. Do I think that Bill Belichick will put them in a situation to be a terror? Yes. Do I think Bill Belichick is, you know, wants to prove that he can beat Brady? And does that do, you know, such a, I mean, that hits the NFL some kind of way that Brady's on the NFC side and Belichick's on the AFC side. And now, well, well, and that's the thing is he, he's demanding it now. He's essentially calling him out. This, this, this is Wakanda. And he wants to fight for the throne. He's contesting the throne. And, you know, and, and, uh, and I think that it's, it's going to piss off a lot of people in the NFL that don't like the Patriots. And I think it's going to make the Patriots excited to know that, you know, uh, Belichick, for all intents and purposes, is going balls to the wall. So, you know, I mean, this, this is, you pissed him off, you upset him, you, you, you beat him in his own game. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's essentially... Nobody makes me bleed in my own blood. Hashtag Ben Stiller. So, you know, it's it's the reality of <laughs> it's the reality of, you know, Bill Belichick really being in a place where he has been shown up and 
he is not going to take that lightly in any stretch. Yeah. 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 I even saw a funny quote on Twitter where uh, Brady was taking a shot at him, a, a little shade he was throwing. He made a reference to him and Gronkowski moving to the Patriot uh, from Patriots to Tampa Bay, Kulik Gronkowski retiring. We all know the great wide receiver Julian Edelman uh, had a lot of knee injuries. Won a Super Bowl MVP. Oh, a he's years he's ago. not retired, Ross. He just got out of a contract. That's what I thought. <laughs> so. He, he announced his retirement, yeah. and Brady on Twitter yesterday said, let's be honest, we know Julian didn't truly retire. It's just like me and Gukowski, that basically he was just too afraid to tell Belichick to his face, he was very intimidated, I went out of my contract, and that before long, whether it's this year or next year, he will, uh, he will. Uh, I know, uh, well, I, I don't know if he was straight up released, so maybe he doesn't have any rights to him, but basically this is just a ruse, because before long, you're going to see Julian Edelman on a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform. One of his favorite targets, Kukowski and Julian Edelman, are Brady's two favorite safety blankets in New England, and both will probably be in Tampa Bay before 2021 is over. So even he was taking, throwing shade that he just was afraid to tell Belichick what, how it really is, but Julian is not really retired, and he probably just wants to come to Tampa Bay. So he was saying that. So he really, I know Brady's feeling himself. He's very cocky. He was, uh, I was funny to see him at the Super Bowl uh, championship boat parade when he was inebriated. <laughs> Uh, the tequila, and he was throwing the Super Bowl trophy from boat to boat. It was funny stuff. But he is talking trash. He has every right to. He's the greatest quarterback in the world. He's the GOAT. As much as I can't stand him, I have to be like Wade's world. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I bow down to you. But Bill Belichick, beware. But uh, as well, Bill Belichick needs to prove it, though. He needs to put his money where his mouth is. He spent all his money for agency. He needs to win. And he needs to win without Brady. And I still, my only doubt is at quarterback. He doesn't have Brady there anymore. Is Cam Newton going to play at Mason this year? Possibly, but I don't know if that – I don't expect that anymore. I think Newton's mediocre. And so I think a lot of this will rest on the shoulders of a young quarterback, Mac Jones from Alabama, who everyone says he's ready to play right now. I think he's only going to be a mediocre quarterback in the NFL. His glass – his ceiling is not as high as some of the other quarterbacks, even if he's ready to play now. And we saw the 49ers. Everyone thought they were going to draft him. No, they instead went with more of a project in Trey Lance, who hasn't played in a while, but has a lot of great talent. The sky's the limit with his talent, and they're willing to let him sit for a while and let Jimmy Garoppolo play as kind of a lame duck quarterback to see what he can do. We also were kind of thinking that New England was going to try to get their hands on Jimmy Garoppolo, who's on the trade market, because the Niners want to move off him, even though for now he's their starter uh, until Trey Lance is ready. They haven't got it back. Maybe at one point Belichick will get the Jimmy Garoppolo back. We all know he loved Jimmy G and wanted him to replace Brady, and then Brady forced him out. And then, of course, the the other things that you wonder about is Deshaun Watson, all his legal troubles. Will he play at all this year? I know Miami was thinking about him. I'm sure New, New England and even the Jets were thinking about him at some point. But then the legal allegations happened. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play at all. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Will, and if he does, will he be forced to, to remain with the Houston Texans? That's the other question I have. Is uh, you know, And then the, the one last quarterback question I have, if, if Belichick, if he truly wants to win and stick it to Brady, get revenge, we all heard the rumors, even though Packers are digging in their heels and say they're not going to do it. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Is there any way... Belichick or someone could pry him out of Green Bay because if they got their hands on Aaron Rodgers with that lineup, uh, that's the only thing missing in New England is quarterback. And we don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the answer or Cam Newton. If they got their hands on Aaron Rodgers, watch out because they would probably be the team to be over Brady's Buccaneers. So lots of questions. 
Belichick, I'm sure the evil genius, that mind is turning of what he wants to do. We all know he wants his revenge and he wants to kind of shut up Brady. Right now, Brady has the right to talk. He can be as cocky as he wants. I think Belichick wants to stick it back, uh, shove it right back into his face. Oh yeah, I mean we're we're watching we're watching a divorce unfold publicly, and th- this is you know this is this is real deal, and you know Tom Brady is in a place right now where you know he's feeling good, he's feeling himself. I never thought that he would be one for tweeting and and being like you know being kind of you know. Uh, you know, uh, kind of showing a little bit of a, you know, an interesting kind of feeling himself personality on Twitter. Little surprise. I mean, you know, little surprised by it, but, you know, I mean, the man has been to, what, 10 Super Bowls, won seven of them, and, and whatever the heck it is. So, I mean, it's... This is maybe how he might have always been, though. Maybe, though, Belichick could do it with just stifled his outgoing personality. I think everyone doing it has to fall the company line and keep quiet and just listen to what Belichick wants them to do because uh, he doesn't watch uh, divas and sh- people showing people up. Rob Gronkowski, he was able to get away with a little bit more there, but even he seems a lot more excited and energetic in his natural... It's, uh, it's you know, kind of like self. when the Yankees had to shave. It's kind of like when they made them shave and you had to... Like when you got on the Yankees, like there's a told Giambi, like you have to shave, you have to be polished, you have to speak a certain way, like... It's just different, and, you know, I, I just, I think that, I think that this is going to make for a very interesting year. Uh, I don't think Cam, Cam Newton is for long. I don't see Jimmy G going back to New England. I don't see Aaron Rodgers going anywhere. I can tell you, I can tell you from, from sources that I trust extremely close to the situation, what you're hearing about Green Bay, of there being issues, of there be of there being issues, I can tell you right now that what I do know is Green Bay is in crisis management mode and they're not letting anything out until they figure out what's going on. So the thought that this was all just a hoax and there's no problem whatsoever, I don't see that as being true at all. He did this to himself. Remember last year, they traded up in the first round to get Jordan Love to be right. his successor at quarterback. And you didn't think Aaron Rodgers would be pissed off by that? Well, you have you to remember, to Aaron. Aaron waited for Brett Favre, who unretired three times. And for three years, he was his right. backup. Had to sit on the bench. And then when he was finally to start year four, Brett Favre was like, I want to play again. He almost got screwed over again. Aaron Rodgers was burned before by that. He right. doesn't want to be screwed over. Now he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. He just won the MVP, for heaven's sake. Well, and that's the thing is he knows what it's like to be spurned in the beginning, spurned right now. You don't draft his replacement, and when he's when he has when he has no plan to go anywhere that I know of, and so you know I can tell you from 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 who I know that there the nation is watching Green Bay and Green Bay is trying to lock the doors and have a conversation before anybody finds anything about anything. So there, there is something going on in Green Bay, and they're trying to get a hold of it. And, and, that, and that has caused there to be kind of a shutdown of speaking to the media about yeah. the situation outside of, you know, we heard Matt LaFleur, the head coach, say, you know, I can't imagine a team without him. But... Green Bay right now is in crisis management mode and they're going to have to tread very lightly because you don't piss off your show pony. 
And and Aaron to me is not a guy who needed to sit down for three or four years and wait. Uh, that's not what he signed up for. And he also didn't sign up for them to draft his replacement. I know you got to pay your dues and take your time. I get that. But what Aaron's done for this franchise is more than I feel like maybe what he thinks they're doing for him. And that's going to have to change because you do not, you do not want to uh, put yourself in a situation where you lose Aaron and you lose Aaron Rodgers. You got, you got nothing. I mean, what are you going to make a deal for Cam Newton? I mean, I just, or Jimmy G at that point, I guess. When, when do you usually see you have back-to-back Hall of Fame all-time great quarterbacks? They have Brett Favre. Brett Favre is gone. They have Aaron Rodgers immediately to replace him. We haven't really seen that since uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young. You don't typically lose your greatest quarterback ever, and then you're replaced by a guy who's just as good, if not better, than him. Aaron Rodgers is arguably better than uh, Brett Favre because he doesn't take as many risks with the football, doesn't turn over and get intercepted as much. This is a team that has made back-to-back NFC Championship games. They've lost both of them in heartbreaking fashion, especially this one down the stretch where they didn't go for it on fourth and goal, and then they, they kicked a field goal for some reason and gave Brady the ball back, which was idiotic, so Aaron Rodgers never got to take the ball again. But Green Bay is so close. They're on the precipice of going back to the ball, winning another championship. Aaron Rodgers has already won your Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has a, maybe a few years left of great football, but he's still there. You just signed with a big contract extension just a few years ago, and then like a year later, you draft his replacement. And I think what I've been hearing is that the general manager, he doesn't agree with the GM. He wants the GM out, and he doesn't like that the GM of the Packers has never supported him by giving drafting uh, wide receivers and offensive talent. They forced his best buddy Jordy Nelson out of Green Bay a couple years ago when he went to the Raiders before retiring. So he doesn't like that a lot of GMs will hook up their star quarterback when he knows they only have a few great years left, like a Tom Brady, and give them all the offensive weapons so they can succeed. Aaron Rodgers is winning despite the garbage receivers at times he's getting. He has Devontae Adams. That's about it. He doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, So I think he's just uh, fed up with it. I also don't agree, though, where people are trying to blame this on his new fiance, Shalene Woodley, the actress, who's been an insurgent and been a bunch of movies. But the thing is, with all due respect, what does she have to do with it? Like what? What I mean? What? 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 What could she possibly have to do with it? This is a male problem. I'm the first one to say this. This same type of garbage happened when Tony Romo wasn't married, but when, when at, before he was married, when he right. went out with a high-profile star. Do they ever say Vince. that about a woman? Do they ever say, "Oh, you know, Selma Hayek's dating somebody"? I think it's bringing down her career. Like nobody no, says that. It's totally sexist. It's it's horrible that they do that because they did the same garbage when he went on like a bye week to hang out at Cabo in Mexico. Tony Romo, when he was single, uh, or you know, going out with Jessica Simpson before married, they had a good time on a bye week, and it was the end of the world. And they tried to blame any time they lost or he struggled, got injured. Supposedly, all Tony Romo's troubles were all Jessica Simpson's fault. It was ridiculous. It was not fair. And they're trying to pin it on uh, Shalene Woodley now because a lot of Green Bay Packer fans, a lot of football fans on Twitter, I suppose, have been attacking her, saying that you are trying to force him out. You're trying to be, everyone's trying to say she's the Yoko Ono who broke up the Beatles with John Lennon and didn't get along with Paul McCartney, that he's tr- she's trying to break him off and break him away from the Green Bay Packers, tell him where to go, tell him where to play, maybe in California where a lot of the acting jobs are. I think that's BS. She doesn't deserve to take that grief. And Aaron Rodgers is a big boy. He's 37 years old. I don't think he's being yelled at by his fiance that you either move from Green Bay because I don't want to like everyone say, oh, she doesn't want the cold winters there. I think that's garbage. I think if they're truly in love, 
They'll be together one way or another, wherever they are. And I don't buy that it's her fault at all. I think this is a Green Bay Packer management problem that they've screwed up. They pissed him off. They didn't. They hired his replacement. Uh, they didn't. They didn't support him by giving him wide receivers and offensive talent. And now people and the fans. They're angry. I get you're angry, but do not pin it on uh, on his fiance saying it's all her fault. It's not her fault. And everyone's saying that oh, the some of the rumors were that he wants uh, there was talk that he wanted to get traded and wants to force his way out to the 49ers, where he wanted to be the first pick in the draft 16 years ago, where the great Alex Smith, who recently retired, uh, comeback player of the year winner, he was picked number one. And that's another thing. Aaron Rodgers has always had a chip on his shoulder because they didn't draft him high. He didn't go to his hometown team in San Francisco, a California kid. He went way down the draft to the Packers, had to sit three years behind Brett Favre until he got a chance to play. There's talk that, oh, he'd want to go to the Raiders, he'd want to go to the 49ers, a few different options. But right now, I don't know what, what your thoughts are. The options they're saying is, unless they can mend fences or get rid of this general manager, Aaron Rodgers, there's talk that he he either will he'll demand to sit out he'll retire if he has to which i i can't see retiring either barry uh, barry sanders was forced to retirement early with detroit because of management issues or he'll just demand to be traded until they give in because i don't know a lot of people say oh because he did a great job as the guest host of Je- uh, jeopardy he really wants that job if somehow if that's really a case that he's going to be the host of jeopardy and then he wants to stay in california and he, or he's actually willing to give up all the money and those last few years of his career, enjoy life with his new fiance, and and just do something else. If he's really willing to stick to his guns and retire and not play, if Green Bay uh, is refuses to get rid of him, I don't know how this is gonna go. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I think in the end, unless they give into his demands and hook him up with a big receiver or fire their general manager. I think that we're headed to a messy divorce and he will no longer be the Green Bay Packers quarterback. The way it's looking now, I think he's going to force his way out. I, I think it's going to happen. And I think uh, that him and his fiance are going to get are going to get destroyed by Packer fans on, on social media, which is not fair. I think it's a lot of the Packers management screwed this up and they now are going to deserve to probably have years of losing because you screwed it up. And with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you only won two Super Bowls with them. You should have won many more championships because now you might go many decades, like my Jets, aimlessly uh, wandering through the woods with garbage quarterbacks and you, you screwed it up when you had two great quarterbacks and only won two championships. You don't bring in a quarterback when you have Aaron Rodgers under contract through 2023. You just don't do it. Now... Do I think that he has pull? Yeah. You know, there there was the there was a notion that he's the reason why Mike McCarthy's not there. Now the GM might not be there. But the reality of it all is you have this man through 2023. You owe him a lot of money. His base salary this year is 14.7 million. Then for the next two seasons it's 25 million. Then they got a choice in 2024. So when he's 41 years old, but you know, looking at this, they, they got Aaron Jones and, and they got my guy from BCAG Dylan, who I think is, who I think is just going to be somebody special. And I really hope it pans out out of BC. <clears throat> they brought in Kylan Hill, another guy to help them out. Uh, Alan Lazard, a practice squad guy in Jacksonville that was not appreciated there. And then all of a sudden he was the fifth, fifth string guy and, Aaron Rodgers said he liked him, and he became the number two. Uh, Devontae and, and, and is doing a great job. Uh, Alan Lazard, you know, is 
is like a three, but he's playing a two. Marquez Valdez, Scantling out of USF, hasn't panned out yet. Uh, they got Amari Rogers, Clemson wide receivers falling in the draft. They got him, though. Equinemia St. Brown from Notre Dame hasn't panned out. Uh, Devin Funches, one of the most underwhelming Carolina Panthers wide receivers ever. And so there's there's not a lot of a great there. Uh, Robert Tanyan did some good things at tight end. Mercedes Lewis is coming to the end of his career. So, you know, I mean, Aaron should have more around him. And I don't think that – I think he's got a good point. I don't think he necessarily has that. I don't think this defense is imposing on anybody. You know, this is a team that's been good, but they've also been embarrassed. They've been embarrassed by San Francisco. Uh, the year that San Francisco went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they were embarrassed by San Francisco both times, and, you know, including in the playoffs. So, you know, to me, uh, there needs to be more there for Aaron. If he's not happy, I don't know how they address it now, post-draft, post-free uh, post agency, already making a lot of moves. And so... I don't know how they make. He's also a massive salary cap hit too, and, right. and it's you said it's so late in the game now because it's it's but if it was before the draft, maybe this. I don't know. I don't think this is a coincidence. Anything that goes on with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, this the story dropped from Adam Schefter and ESPN the morning of the NFL draft. So something is up that this got leaked out. There was rumors that he was annoyed, but everything seemed fine. Even when you would watch him, I know they 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 taped the Jeopardy episodes months in advance. When he hosted that, he still was talking very fondly about being a Green Bay Packer. There seemed to be not much of an issue. that everyone, uh, Bygones be bygones. But now, the morning of the draft that this story gets leaked, something is up. I don't know if it's too late in the game to do anything about it, but yeah, I don't. I think it's like, you know how they always say with celebrity divorces, irreconcilable differences is usually always with the cause of it. I don't see how you can bend these fences uh, unless you totally give in to Rogers' demand and fire the GM and do all this other stuff. And then, and then the free agency is basically over. How are you going to bring in a big offensive weapon to help him out? They got some offensive uh, weapons for him in the NFL draft this time around, but the last few years they haven't. And then they replace they they try to hire his replacement at quarterback last year's draft in the first round instead of getting him a receiver or a running back. So I really don't know how this is going to work. Uh, you can at least have done. You know, I wanted to give a shout out to my wife Steelers. A big Ben. This might be his final year as a Steeler quarterback. He's coming back. The Juju Smith-Schuster took less money to come back to Pittsburgh. They give him uh, something that he needs. They need a running back. James Conner got hurt a lot. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Great story. You covered him in college. Hometown kid, University of Pittsburgh, overcame cancer. Now going to sign a big contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Well, he's gone. The Steelers. Big Ben could be his last season of his career. They, uh, they're giving him some offensive line help. Mike Tomlin's a great coach, very uh, stable presence in the Steelers. Juju Smith-Schuster took less money to come back. And then they drafted in the late first round our star running back from Alabama, uh, Najee Harris. So the, Pittsburgh, uh, you, you follow even what their mindset is. They see an, an aging quarterback who could be on his last legs. And Rodgers, who's, who's around the same age as Big Ben, he's not even shown those signs of decline. Rodgers has not been hurt. Knock on wood, he's you know mostly stayed healthy. He had a shoulder injury a few years ago, but he's not showing much decline at his age. Where uh, he could play well in his forties, where Big Ben, this could be his very last season as he's about to hit forty next year. Uh, but the Steelers are still trying to fill out the roster, help him out, give him the pieces he needs on offense and defense to win. Where Green Bay has not done that; they've neglected their star asset. And now they might rue the day and pay the consequences. And like I said, I, do I feel bad for Packer fans? I know we have a, a family member that we love very much, Renee, uh, who loves her Packers. 
I feel bad if this happens to our Packers and they fall apart. But the, the in the end, it's the team management that mishandled the situation, and they ended themselves. They probably screwed themselves over, and now let's see that you know they might have decades of losing to have to face the the days of Lombardi, the days of Bart Starr, the days of Brett Favre, and now the days of Aaron Rodgers. They very well could be over, and I I don't know how this divorce is going to end. But I think that this bill is going to end in a divorce, whether it's this year or next year. He's not going to be a Packer very long, and he will play on another team and succeed on another team and probably win another championship uh, before long. I I don't think Rodgers is going to retire anytime soon. I think he has three or four great years left, and he's going to win a championship on another team. And it's not going to be on Green Bay, and I expect it's going to happen whether it be this year or next year. It's going to happen real soon. Well, you know, I think I think that's the thing is is that, you know, we're in a place right now where – I don't see this getting better, you know, or if it does, it's, it's a temporary bandaid to like a a giant open cut, a gushing wound. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of it. I just, from what, from what I have taken from those that I trust, it sounds like they're trying to figure it out and it may be too late. And if, and, and I do agree with you, if he lasts, maybe it's this year and then that's it. Maybe it's a mid season trade. I don't know. But the thing is the value is gone. The draft picks are not there because the draft already happened. The quarterbacks have shifted. The game has chosen its future quarterbacks. So uh, green Bay advances nowhere by getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. And and that is reality. Aaron will benefit, they will not. He is under contract, they can force him to be there. And I know that nowadays people don't do that. In the past, they feel like they did more commonplace. That they said, hey, if you don't like it, I don't care. You're under contract for three more years, deal with it. But But nowadays, contracts don't seem to mean a lot to sports coaches and players. And so we live in a place where if someone goes, I, you know, I don't like it here, that they just let them leave. And he was signed for like three more years. I think they even offered him $50 million per season. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I would rather go where Giannis was willing to come back to Milwaukee. James Harden now fled from Houston. Now he's probably going to win a championship with the Brooklyn Nets. So I know that's basketball, but football started to become that way. And before the legal allegations happened with Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, everyone thought it was going to head towards that direction because that's another messy situation because we don't know how the legal uh, side of things are going to pan out. Uh, you know, he was digging his heels in saying, I refuse to play for the Texans again. Yeah. And so then this I, happens. Who knows what was going to happen with this? And now well, who knows what's going to happen with Rodgers? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think we're in a place right now where it is, it, it is a very real thing that uh, players hold teams hostage now and teams usually give in. And so it's a slippery slope. It's a dangerous place to be. And, you know, uh, people don't work on stuff. You know, they they don't work through stuff. I understand that some things you, you you just feel like there's nothing to work on, but there's also other situations where it's like, you know, put your big pants on and let's, let's, you know, Let's get, let's go, let's go potty, you know? So, I mean, it's, let's get rid of the crap that's here, but. Go to marriage counseling, basically, for, for sports teams and star players. Work it out. Yeah. If it's really worthwhile and you think it, it has a future, 
work it out. Work out your issues rather than just Well, you got to know the base of it. You got to know the base of it. And you got to know if if there's tr- I, I tell people all the time in professional or personal life, you will find out the difference very quickly between you love something or you think you love something. If you love it, you'll fight for it. If you think you love it, you're going to realize you don't and you're not going to care if it goes away, whether it's a player, uh, romantic, whatever, you're not going to miss it. You know, if you go to a job like, I don't care if I get fired today, then you shouldn't work there. You know, if you go to a job where you're like, I, I mean, I get myself up every day and I'm my own boss. Under God, I am, I am, I'm the president and CEO of Dance Tour Broadcast Media. I am responsible for myself every single day. There is nobody making me do anything, yet I stay up more hours and do more work than any boss has ever asked me to do. So you have to know if you love something or if you think you love something and determine that. Determine if this relationship is fixable or if it's not. You know, what it sounds like to me and the vibe that I, that I feel in this moment is that this is like, oh my God, I can't believe that all this guy, well, like, I just, I feel like it's like, okay, what do we do? You know, like, what do we do? Samantha's in the kitchen and she's breaking plates. Like, what do we do? And, and we don't know how to stop her and we don't want to bother her. So it's kind of like, there's, there's this one girl that I had met that uh, never dated her or anything, just friends with her, but she was so disrespectful to like everybody and her parents were terrified of her and they never, they never wanted to upset her. So they didn't reprimand her. They didn't tell her anything she did was wrong. They just, they wanted to talk to her and they wanted her to not like excommunicate them from her life. So they basically just raised somebody. And I said this, I was like, if you raise somebody without reprimanding them, if they put their hand in the cookie jar and you don't slap the hand and you don't do anything about it, then not only will they not listen to you, but they will take advantage of the world. And we have so many people whose hands have never been slapped in a cookie jar that now they're trying to take over the world and they think everything is owed to them. They think they can sit on their butts and make money. And we live in a world now where people feel more comfortable sitting at home doing nothing than actually rewarding themselves by earning what they have, earning a degree, earning a job, earning a relationship. They want everything to be easy. Everything's on your phone. Everything's an app. And it's sick. But I mean, I remember seeing that girl going, you know, her parents need to apologize to the world because they created a woman or man. They created a human being who they never, they were too afraid to reprimand and too afraid to upset that now this person wreaks havoc on everybody else's life because she doesn't know anything other than always getting her way. No, because now she's she's selfish and, and being, and being that level of selfish is going to mean that she is going to suck the heart out of everybody she meets, but she's not going to give the heart back and she's not going to give of herself until she changes. And so, you know, in this case, as Aaron Rodgers is the Samantha throwing plates, the question is, do they have the ability, the desire and the want to go in there and be a parent and say, Hey, Aaron, you can't throw the plates. We got to work on this. And because I do think that things are reconcilable if both sides care. But again, do they love each other? Do they love the relationship? Do they respect each other? Do they respect the bond? If they don't, then it's over. If one of them does, but the other one doesn't, it's over. They both have to respect it. And right now, 
that's no, I mean, I think it's over. Well, and that's the thing. Right now, the Green Packers are in DEFCON 5, and Aaron Rodgers is smoking a cigar going, I'm going to be fine no matter what. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's he, essentially what it is. He was at the Kentucky Derby with all his friends and his, and, and his, and his fiance. He was at the time of his life this weekend. And, uh, what was it? Tom Brady was there. He looked like a crazy James Bond villain with his top hat and his sunglasses. He was hanging out with all his buddies, his football buddies and celebrity friends at the Kentucky Derby having a, without a care in the world. He seemed like everything was fine. While in Green Bay, the, the front office was probably like, the whole house is on fire. What the hell do we do? And you got leaked. They're embarrassed by, you know, now the national media knows that there's a messy divorce brewing. And Aaron Rodgers believes having the time of his life this weekend. That's yeah, so I mean, he he's doing his thing. He's living his life, and because he knows, he knows he's going to get his way. Because he knows they need him. He has the leverage. The Green Bay Packers have nothing, and that's where we're at. Ross, before we finish up today's show, we do a thing every Tuesday called the Ingredients to Success. Proudly brought to you by Avicoli's on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York. You can call them at three one five six two two fifty one hundred for takeout, delivery, or catering. You can also get in touch with them by going to myavacolis.com and using, uh, utilizing that for all of your needs, catering, takeout, delivery, all the good stuff at myavacolis.com. They are open Tuesday through Sunday, and they bring us the ingredients to success every single week. Ross, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, my ingredient topic of this week is exactly what we're talking about. If you love something or if you think you love something, you eventually found a woman that you loved enough to marry and appreciate enough and respect enough. Tell us, single people out there, what ingredients to success you need for a promising, strong, fruitful, and ever onward, ever upward relationship. How do you successfully have a relationship in today's world? It's not easy all the time, and especially when you have kids. It's a great thing, but also it times could put strains on your time where you want to, you know, you, you have just one-on-one time where you can be with the person you love and, uh, you know, have a nice date. We do a lot of day, uh, day dates to keep uh, the spark going. Uh, we don't always go out at nighttime, but, you know, we have uh, her mom come over with Nana, and she comes and watches the kids. And We have time, especially now that everyone's been vaccinated in our house, uh, and you know and the grandparents can come back and, and help and, and, uh, and take care of the grand uh, their grandkids once in a while uh, we ha- we make sure we uh, we have that time where it's just one on one and we don't forget each other and don't forget about what made us fall in love with each other in the first place I think that's important that if you've been married for two years or you're married for 50 years I think you still gotta you gotta try to still court your wife and woo your wife and try to impress her uh, not overly do it but I think you need to try to show grand gestures even the small thoughtful gestures of that you care and I make uh, I know uh, you know people would think I'm crazy but we met on June 12th so next month on the 12th will be uh, we've been together for seven years and married for six years uh, I make happy 12th cards every month when it falls on the 12th i make a, a homemade card where i cut out pictures of all the things we've done throughout the month uh whether it be with just us with the kids with family <clears throat> sometimes it's a movie ticket stub a sport event a hockey game ticket uh, and and i and i it's it's a little, it's like a kindergarten crafts project that my grandma used to do where i you know i'll take the the ticket the pictures i cut them i print them out cut them out i write a haiku poem i have it stuck in my head 575 the syllable count for that um 
put little captions in the pictures. I write a little message, a romantic message to her. And I do that every 12th of every month. And to me, that's important because it's something that it's just for us. No one else really knows or really cares about it. But to us, it means something that it's the 12th. We say happy 12th. To the average person, that would mean nothing to them. But to me, it means something. And part of me, the old school romantic in me, uh, who always wanted to meet someone that I care about and my dream girl come to life, which is what my wife, uh, Abigail, is. She is my dream girl come to life. And more than I could ever have hoped for as a little boy, hoping that I would meet the perfect girl. And she's that and so much more. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's so important. And that uh, I kind of, the, the, the hopeless romantic in me thinks of the movie The Notebook. Everyone's watched that. You've cried your eyes to it. You've watched it with your grandma, your mom. Uh, at any time, you know, you can watch it by yourself. It's hard to not tear up. They're everlasting love when they were young, when they're old, when they, uh, when the when the wife had Alzheimer's in that movie, and they and they and she couldn't always remember him. He came back every single day to remind her and tell her the love story of when they met and all the ups and downs of their relationship and all the great stories they had. And so she would fall in love with him each and every single day. And it was such a sweet, you know, heartbreaking, bittersweet story. And my mindset is, even when we're old and maybe don't remember, you know, uh, I won't remember if I have my pants on even. Who knows what I'll be like well, if I'm fortunate to, to be an old man. I hope I do. I hope I have those years left to me with my kids and my wife and, and my family and friends. Uh, I hope that we can look back on these, ha these happy 12th cards. We collect them. Uh, and she gives me presents too, and we can look back at them and look fondly on our life and our lo a love story, our life story about all the things we uh, we did each and every uh, month, whether it be little things, big things. Uh, ups and downs along the way uh, when we found out we were pregnant uh, you know any type of thing we saw a new job we you know vacation family vacation gonna go to Disney World next year with the kids like any of that and we can look back on our love story and it's just like it's going through a picture album that we can just it tells the story of our lives together of the Turetskis and one day you know you know maybe even uh, we'll look back on when we're old and we can't remember it and one day even uh, you know hopefully our kids can look back at it and see their, their lives unfold when they were little and growing up and watching their mom and dad and how much they love each other and uh, and how much that means to find that person your significant other your person your uh, soulmate and how uh, you know deep down they're 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 everything for you I would you know I would give my life to uh, to protect my my wife and my kids and just so they can have a, a perfect great life and try to make it as worry free as possible and provide for them as much as possible. But I just love I love uh, I love Abigail with all my heart and uh, I just hope that everyone can find that at some point. Is it perfect every day? No, no relationship is perfect every day. You can have your 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 squabbles, your fights once in a while, but deep down we come back to that love and that care and that appreciation for one another and. Uh, She's perfect for me, so I hope I'm perfect for her, and we have our own perfect family, and I'm very appreciative of it. Um, is everyone going to do a happy 12th uh, sappy card? No, but it's something that we do, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, little things where it's just something for you guys that, uh, you know, everyone says, may the 4th be with you. For us, it's may the 12th be with you, because that's our special day. Uh, the day that it's like a little Christmas every day, every month of the year, because it's the day, basically the way I, it's happy to say, but it's the day my life truly started when I met her on the 12th of June of 2014, because before that I was directionless and my life was kind of like just going all over the place. I'd sometimes, you know, be, uh, I'd stay up till like 5am watching TV, playing video games. 
uh, eating a box of pasta and hot dogs. I call it hobo stew and vegetables. Yeah, you tried to serve that. You tried to serve that that satanic meal to me. <laughs> yeah, garbage. Yeah. And you denied. You said no. My mom would say no. I ate the Texas toast croutons that you had. Those were good. <laughs> yeah, the Twizzlers and the Gushers and Fruit by the Foot. That was tasty sex. My mom, God bless her heart, and my, my sister, both of them, uh, they they still said they would eat it, even to this day. They would eat it with a smile on their face. I know it was garbage. It probably tastes more, worse than dog and cat food put together. And I would joke with my wife that I, I want to make that for her for like an anniversary treat. She's like, please don't. She's also <laughs> a professional chef, so she's like, really, please don't. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was all over the place. And I would wake up 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And my, it was very, very much, I was kind of just floated. And then when I met her, that floated stopped. And now it's, you know, I have a purpose. I have... A, a true love and i have i have what i needed in this life and that's why i hope everyone gets to appreciate it, enjoy that and you continue to work on that the good times the bumps in the road you, you don't ever give up on on your love and you just keep uh you know when, it, when it's something you truly care about both you care about as we said earlier you you fight through it all you will overcome anything that comes in your way and uh you show that person whether it's the second the third day or whether it's 50 years later, you show that person that you truly care. You give them the, the, the thoughtful, kind, uh, thoughtful gestures, and you remember little things about what they like. If they say, oh, I really like that pretty ring, or I like that color, uh, you know, a certain thing, or I like that type of perfume, you try to keep that in your mind. I try to put it in my notes on my phone because my mind just starts to fail me already. I forget things. I know that. I try to work on that. Uh, but you try to remember those things, and then you surprise her, and those thoughtful gestures, they matter. Bring her flowers. You do. You 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 make you make a car, homemade card. You you know you make sure Mother's Day is nice and, and her birthday and, and Christmas and anniversaries. Little things like that, or even it's just a random Tuesday in the middle of the week, and you think of her. You and you 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 say a funny joke. You watch a show together. We watch a lot of the same shows together. I know my wife sometimes laughs at me and says, "I just want to watch a show just with you know that I want to watch. You don't always have to watch with me. I like to watch what she's watching because it keeps us closer together, and we're." You know, where you know when I watch a weird, you know, action or comedy show, I watch it in the middle of the night by myself or a sport event. I like to be able to watch and be around her as much as possible. So I think whether it's uh, the beginning of a marriage or it's 50, 60 years later, it's important to keep that going and to keep that love alive and to make sure that person always knows you care about them and love them and appreciate them. So she's everything. She's a wife. She's a soulmate. She's a best friend. Uh, I, I know you're a best friend too, buddy. But she's my she is my true best friend uh, forever and ever. So th- there is no competition there. Um, and she's an amazing mom. So I I, I hope that each and every day of the, of the year we show that appreciation. But especially on Mother's Day, you show that you care for all the mo- the great moms out there. And she's just an amazing person. She's funny, smart, beautiful whole package and make sure she knows that every day of the year she's more than just a mom she's more than just uh you know your soulmate she's everything and make sure the right person knows that and knows that every day of the year that you appreciate them i couldn't ask for a better ingredients to success than that the ingredients to success on building a true and long-lasting eternal relationship uh, making sure that the people that matter know that they matter that coming from Ross Tretzky here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios and the ingredients to success coming to you inside of the walls of one of the greatest local businesses we have in our community that has been serving us for decades. 
on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York. Call 315-622-5100 for Avicoli's and go to myavicoli's.com to order the best veal that I've found in central and upstate New York, as well as the margarita pizza you see up there, the meat lover's pizza, and so much more. Thank you to Avicoli's. We're proud to be with you every single month with our exclusive Liverpool Warriors High School Athletics show. Ross, any final words, sir, as I bid you uh, adieu? As I said to Jason, I never know how to say see you later because I I love you both very much. Today's show has been inspiring, and it's an understatement. So any any final piece you'd like to say? Uh, Well, what I I definitely want to say, I don't like to ever say goodbye to someone. I like to say, I'll see you soon. I I always say see you. And everybody that loves me realizes on the phone, they're like, you don't say goodbye, do you? I said, no, it's it's final. I always say see you. Yeah. And no matter how perfect the ending is, even it could be your favorite show, whether it be Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, anything like that, an ending still stinks because it's over. It's, it's, it's finite. It's over. So I don't like anything to truly end that you care about your love. So you just say see you soon. So now hopefully that we're all vaccinated. Hopefully we can see each other soon, and I can give you that big bear hug, give you that pink eye that's a year and a half in the, in the making. I can I can show you the love. I love you, man. So hopefully uh, we can get together soon, and everyone out there, mask up, get vaccinated. Let's get back to our normal lives. Let's get this pandemic over with. It's been on war longer than we could have ever hope, uh, you know, ever imagined, and we just hope for normalcy and uh, compassion and people to be together and stay together as one and united during these crazy, difficult, challenging times. Get vaccinated. Hug your loved ones. Hug your best buddies. And uh, I, I can't wait to say see you soon. And then you're at my door. I'm at your door. And I'm giving you a big bear hug. And hopefully we can do that very soon. And I would also like to leave you with some Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, they don't come in the morning. It's not the tumor. Get down and things of that nature. Hasta vista, baby. <laughs> and then I, I always say with my kids, it blends into Cookie Monster, Schwarzenegger and Cookie Monster. So he says, She is for Cookie. That's good enough for me. She is for Cookie. That's good enough for me. Ah. So those are my two impressions that blend together. And I know President Trump sometimes likes to pop in as well. King Jong-un, all the crazy impressions. But... Uh, yeah, definitely not goodbye. It's see you soon, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. And give you a big bear, uh, bear best friend hug, and uh, it's a long time coming. So I look forward to going to sport events with you, going to the movies with you again, and uh, getting to be you know the buddies that we are, and that you know we get over this uh, crazy pandemic that we've had to go through. Yeah, and we will because God is good all the time. So we will find our way. God is great, actually. We'll find our way through this as we found our way through everything. Uh, I believe in God. I believe in true friendship. I believe in family and love and all that's uh, that that's uh, as beautiful about this world and the experience of being here. So take care of yourself. Yeah, sir. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great time with your mom on Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You do such amazing work day in, day out. You appreciate every day of the year. Have a great Mother's Day. Have a fun Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Stay safe out there. And uh, thanks for having me on, buddy. It means the world. Absolutely. I love you, buddy. And I'll talk with you soon. Please give my love to my my niches as well as to Miss Abby. Absolutely. Bye-bye, bud. Take care.